0: talk about this morning is the focus of what we need to do to make sure that even though sometimes it's a struggle to keep ourselves physically fit, uh, it takes discipline and uh, because of the gravity and all the realities of the planet that we live on. Uh, We are getting older, and we're getting closer to old age, and we won't focus on that too much because it gets depressing. But the good news is, inwardly, God says that we're being renewed day by day, but there are some keys to help us when we're coming into a brand new year. I feel the Lord wants to launch us into this revelation this morning that you and I are coming into new things, and you and I are coming into a place and a positioning of refreshing, and we're called to be renewed. And I think that what's important is, is that it starts with the renewing of our heart. And it starts with the renewing of our mind as we go into a brand new year. So when we read from that scripture, we're going to uh, look a little bit and expand into different thoughts. But I wanted to share a couple of things. Obviously, when you start a new year and you, you begin a new year... It's a great time because you can look back on the year that was and you can reflect on some things that you've learned and obviously then you look forward into a new season and you also can get a sense of anticipation and expectation and excitement about the new things that God wants to, to do but it's also a season practically of setting new goals and new vision and positioning yourself to springboard off all of that. It's also a season to stop putting off the things that maybe you've been putting off doing and that you should start doing. Uh, it is a day and a season of new beginnings for each of us. So there's an opportunity here right at the beginning of the year to hit the refresh button and start moving forward. But if we read that scripture again, in 2 Corinthians four sixteen, even though our outward man is perishing, this is another version, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And so I believe that God wants to create a sense of newness in us. And uh, I love it when God is doing something new in my life because it feels fresh. Who knows that fresh food tastes good? Who knows that food, when it's not so fresh, it's not really tasting that good, right? And so the flavor of your life, the taste of your life, the enjoyment of your life can actually come to a place of freshness at the beginning of the year if you pursue and chase after the opportunity for this renewing. I feel like God wants to say to you this morning, church, that if you would position yourself to pursue after me starting at this beginning of the year, that I will bring such a beautiful renewal to your life. On the inside. Who here actually has a desire to be renewed and refreshed on the inside? Now, if you're not lifting your hand, of course, uh, you would want to raise your hand. We, we just need to get some more caffeine in you. You're still asleep. That's okay. All right. Uh, I always, you know, it was a rhetorical question. Of course, the answer is yes. But I want to say this to you. You know, sometimes we can fall into a religious routine when it comes to church life and Christianity. You know, at the beginning of every year, we preach similar kind of messages like kickstart, open doors, all these types of things. And you can get kind of into this mentality of, oh, here we go. Same old, same old. You know, it's the beginning of the new year. But I want to say this to you. I think God is very good at at helping to move cynicism out of the way and helping to say, you know what? Maybe just maybe this is the year where you need to pursue Him more than ever, so that He can renew the inside of you, so that then you've got this fresh momentum to actually kickstart the year like you never have before. So if you're sitting here going, yeah, I've heard kickstart, open doors, it's a new season before, blah blah. Every time I get a prophecy, I hear it's a new season. Well, God is a God of moving us forward, so. Let's get with the program. Let's partner with the God that we worship and say, you know what? Whether of her, it's a new day, it's a new season in every song that I sing at church. It's okay, let's push past from this kind of sometimes we can be a bit cynical about the start of the year. If you've been in church life for a long time, sometimes you can naturally be a bit cynical about, okay, it's a new day. It's a new season. Well, let me tell you this. Prophetically, when you plug into God, God wants you to be excited about being positioned for a, a renewing because He knows the condition of your inside, the condition of your spirit man or woman, the condition of your mindset, the condition of your heart, it's critical to get that condition right. It's critical to clean out that filter of your life first before he can actually do anything else. Who believes that? And so I want to say to you that let's not approach this message or the start of this year, maybe kind of with that attitude of, oh, here we go. The same old, same old thing. Yeah, we're starting the year, setting the goals, blah, 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 blah. Come on. God is a new God. God is a God who's always moving. He's always moving. He's always moving. He's always wanting to do something fresh. So let's make sure we position ourselves. Okay. Next scripture, Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old; behold, I will do a new thing. And now it shall spring forth; shall you not know it? Question mark. I will even make a road in the wilderness, and rivers in the desert. What I love about this scripture is there's multiple messages just in this one scripture. Remember, the book Isaiah is a prophetic book. So even though it was written thousands, it's speaking to you and I now. God wrote it with the purpose of the Holy Spirit to anoint it even today so that you and I could look forward into our future and actually be directed by this scripture today. So do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. So do not remember, do not keep considering them or thinking on them. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Another way of saying that, I suppose when I'm interpreting, shall you not know it? Shall you not see it? Shall you not sense it? Shall you not position yourself for it? Shall you not desire it? Shall you not look for it? See, even that question in that scripture, God's saying, You know, sometimes we can kind of, again, be cynical when it comes to the start of a new year. But shall you not look for, if I'm the God of gods, he's saying, if I'm the King of kings, if I'm the Lord of lords, if I want to glorify myself through you, would I not want to do something new in your life? Come on now. Well, I'm just uh, stirring up the engine room of your desire of your heart so that we are are in position to receive the rest of the message. I will even make a road. Not only will I do a new thing, not only will you see it, surely you will see it. But I will make a a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Which means that the new thing is going to be something that's going to bring what? It's going to bring a refreshing. It's going to bring a quench of your thirst. It's going to bring something new that will actually help to fulfill your desires. It's going to actually feed you. It's going to spiritually renew you. It's going to be something that will actually bring life. Everyone say, God's bringing life. Awesome. So when we talk about this theme of newness and kick-starting our season, I want to talk about two main principles today, and then next Sunday, we're going to look at a message called Unlocking New Doors. The first key I want to dive into is that newness comes by letting go, letting go of the past. Again, this is not a new message. I'm going to be upfront front with you. Most of the principles I'm talking about today, most of you would have heard of. But they're principles that are so critical. Letting go of the past. You know, I myself must confess that I've sat under teaching where I've heard someone say, you know, the Bible clearly instructs us to let go of the past. And I've done the whole, yep, need to let go of the past. Need to let it go. Need to stop dwelling on it. Need to stop thinking about it. And I've kind of Sat there sometimes and t- told myself, yep, need to do this. But yet I don't actually go and do it. I don't apply it. I feel like there's a real strategic moment for most of us in when we look at this scripture today. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to create an opportunity for us to get real with ourselves as we launch into this new year. Because it's one thing to hear the word, it's another thing to actually apply the word. And so let's have a look here at a scripture in a second, but I just want to say no matter how miserably we fail sometimes in life or how sometimes we trip up in our Christianity, God's desire is for us to receive His forgiveness and to move forward. To move forward, to move forward, to move forward, to move forward, to move forward. If there's two words that I could kind of just speak in everyone's ear across the world right now that's in my heart, it's like move forward. Psalms 103.12 says this, as far as the east is from the west. Everyone look here. I want to just visually explain this. This scripture says, as far as the east is from the west. So the distance between the east and the west, that distance, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So as far as the east is from the west, the east and the west are in absolute opposite directions. The scripture there is saying that God, in a similar way, has removed you from your failings in the same level of distance. Come on now, yeah. let's let's, let's just—it's just one simple scripture. But actually, let's just dive in deep into it. Let's let it affect our heart. As as far as the distance between the east and the west is, they're completely opposite directions. That God has positioned you completely, directly, oppositely away. I don't know, I don't think all those words are actually English words, but you got the gist. Oppositely, <laughs> he has positioned you so far away from your failings. Why? Because he wants you to move forward. And he knows if you. Live in your headspace or your heart too close to those things, if you don't distance yourself from your past failings, if you don't allow God to speak that truth into your heart, that those things will try to hold you back. And it doesn't matter how many times you hear this in Scripture or hear this in a teaching, ultimately, you and I have to process this on the inside honestly in order to be positively impacted by this truth. Hanging on and dwelling on the past is like air moving through a dirty filter. Even though something new and fresh enters into the filter, it comes out dirty and tainted because of the filth it has to flow through. So God, next Sunday and through this whole first month of January, is... Desperately wanting to spend time with you and I personally, intimately. To breathe fresh breath. To renew us spiritually. To kickstart our year. To position us to open and unlock brand new doors. But first, we have to change the filter. First, we have to change wherever we need to change our heart. Because if he blows through this this renewing, and yet there are still some things that are dirty on the inside, it's not going to have the same positive impact on our life. Who believes that? Let's take Jonah, for example, in the Bible, okay? Jonah's sulking disappointment, underline the word sulking, not just his disappointment, but Jonah's sulking level of disappointment came from what? It came from him having a failure to imagine that God was actually doing something in the midst of the craziness that was going on. He couldn't quite understand that God was actually doing something, even though everything around him was going pear-shaped. He had no idea what God was doing. The largeness of God's love and God's mercy and God's salvation was not clear to Jonah in that moment. And so he felt reduced, catch this, Jonah felt reduced in this story in the Bible when so many things went pear-shaped around him, he felt reduced to his own vocation of his own performance. He went into strive mode. And because of that, he wasn't in the right place. He couldn't really hear from God. So what happened was he interpreted everything through Jonah's ideas and through Jonah's desires. Many times, I think we too, as human beings, we can do that. We're we actually in the right place. We're in the right time. So right now, you and I are in the right place. We're in the house of God, hearing the Word of God, in the presence of the Lord, fellowshipping with other believers, worshipping the Lord. It's the right time. It's right at the beginning of the year to hit the refresh button, to move forward, to kickstart. So sometimes we're in the right place at the right time, but because we are focused on self, we miss out on the new things God wants to do through us and for us. I hear the Lord saying this, it's time to shift away from self-focusedness. Is that even a word? Forgive me if it isn't, all right? Shift away in this month of being self-focused. Shift away from trying to process where you're at through your own ideas and your own desires. It's a season to shake that all off and look to God because then you and I will get an insight into what is God doing in this season. Newness comes by letting go of the past. So this is my first challenge or my my kind of a throwing out thing that I want to encourage everyone to grab a hold of and to make this type of commitment. There's going to be two main commitments I want to encourage you to run with as we start this new year as a church family. The first one in relation to this principle that newness comes by letting go of the past is this. I want you to write this down for me because you're going to have some homework to do with this one. Commit yourself to forget your failures. Write that down for me. Commit yourself to forget your failures. As you're writing that down... Let me talk about how Paul in Philippians talked about this. Paul gave this advice in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. Forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Absolutely committing to forget about your failures. Now, we can still learn from our failures. We don't want to be in denial, but we want to go into why is it so important to forget them, to let them go so they're not having any hold over us. Well, let's look at this. Let's go into a little bit of teaching here. For many of us, our failures are painful memories, are they not? Maybe for you, it could be the memory of how you failed in a relationship, Maybe you made the wrong decision. You said the wrong thing. You did the wrong thing and the relationship relationship ended. For some of you who are parents, maybe, you know, there's been moments where you felt like you failed as a parent. As a child, maybe there's been moments when you feel like you failed as a child. It could express itself in all different ways. What is God's Word saying to us? Why is this so important? Because we must not allow ourselves, here we go, we must not allow ourselves to be bogged down by our past failures. That we have not dwell on our past to that it stops us moving forward into the future that God has for us. So I think of a brand new year as a good time for us to let go of the past, forget all of that. But I want to say this to you. Don't just hear this this morning. Don't just think it. You've got to process it. You've got to process the letting go. Now, how do you let go? Well, I think a big key in letting go is stop focusing on self and start focusing on God. Such a simple principle. But what does that mean practically? You know, from now until the end of January, lock time aside to spend time with the Lord, to get into His Word to fast, to pray, to seek Him, so that you can kickstart this, this year right. I think more so than ever, there are so many ways we can be distracted. <laughs> I, mean, I was just on Facebook the other day, and it's like every week there's something new about Facebook that makes it more distracting. So you know what? I just put my phone down, and I think I said to Sarah, At the beginning of the day, I said, You know what? Let's go out and let's just not even take our phones with us. I think, Sarah, you still took your phone because you had some shopping list on there or something. (laughs) But she highly encouraged me don't take your phone. Can I tell you, I had the most enjoyable time with my wife because I didn't have my phone with me. Have you ever been to a restaurant lately? And where people are paying big money to have amazing food with their loved one or whatever. And most of the time, both people are on their phones. And the only time they look up is really when their phone battery runs out. (laughs) Slight exaggeration, but you get the point. And you know what? Do you know what the most popular, one of the most popular videos on YouTube right now is actually this guy talking about millennials. Has anyone seen it? And it's it's framed the problem with millennials. I'd like to reframe it. The problem with the world, I don't think it's just millennials. I think it's just the world is just getting really good at being distracted, getting off mission, getting off point. And as Christians, we've got to set the example when we're plugged into the one true God who all, he gives us all plans and, and insight into what he's called us to do to impact us. Well, we've got to get on mission and we've got to get really good at not being distracted. And so I think a part of this is to let go of the past is we've got to make deliberate time with the Lord. Because if you're too focused on self or you're too focused on being entertained or you're too focused on having downtime, or you're too focused on what someone's posting on Facebook, you're not going to spend time with the author of your life. And the author of your life, where does the word author come from? It comes from Authority. God is the authority of your life. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knows what the end of your life's going to look like. He knew what the beginning of your life looked like. He knows what your life's going to look like in heaven. He knows everything about you. He knows what He intends for you to do this year. He knows the plans and purposes. Who would not want to hang out with the author of their life? Now, what good investment of time is that? Because that author of your life will give you the power and the, the ability to let go of your past. If there's anything... I know just recently there was one thing that has been bugging me for like a couple of months. I've spoken to Sarah about it. She's like, Brad, let it go. And I was just like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I let this thing go? Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, it's like, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time now. I know the Lord. I think I've read a couple of decent personal development books. It's like I hang around with wise people. They make me wise. It's like, what's the go? Why can't I just let thing go? And the Lord said to me, well, you haven't hung out and talked to me about it. Like, oh. Because, like, you know, you know, tap into, like, your God. So I spent time with God, and it was like, oh, that thing just dropped off, right? But this is the other thing. He said, but hang on a second. Don't just think that's it. He said, yep, that's good, because he spent time with me. But he said, what I want you to do is I want you to get further away from that thing. I have distanced you as far as the east is the west away from that thing. So you spend some time with me right now, and it's been ripped off your life through the power and anointing of God. But now you want to still spend some time and more time and press in so you get greater victory, so you get further and further and further and further away from the thing that's trying to hold you back. God has distanced you so far away from your failings. But yet sometimes we still live with those things and sleep with those things. Because we don't spend time with the author of our life who has the very power to distance those things so far away from us that they'll never ever have a hold over us again. Second principle I want to talk about. First one was newness comes by letting go of the past. You get rewarded by positioning yourself with your God. Allowing him to help you to let go of the past with newness. Newness comes. Refreshing, a releasing, a lightening lightning of the load. Second principle is newness comes by allowing God to renew our spirits. You might hear that and go, yeah, Pastor Brad, duh. <laughs> but I want to dive deeper into this. Because I think this morning there's a strategic key that all of us would have heard before, but yet sometimes it's a lot harder to practice even what we preach to ourselves. Newness comes by allowing God to renew our spirits. So to get in touch with what God wants to do in your life rather than what you want, it's important to allow God to renew our spirit. David prayed for God to create a new heart and renew a right or steadfast spirit within him. He prayed for that, and he was the king of a nation. A man of God, but a king of the nation. He needed a fresh, clean heart in order for him to walk into the season that he was about to walk into and do everything that God was called him to. He knew that that was a key to kick-starting his season. He knew that a clean heart, a renewing of his inner man, was absolutely essential an essential starting block for the rest of the foundation of the building of the season of God in his life to be built and to be able to stand without resistance. So in Psalm chapter 51, verse 10, it directly talks about this. We know that David wrote the book of Psalms. What I love about this scripture is it directly refers to this principle. Psalms 51, verse 10, "'Create in me a clean heart, O God.'" And renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's his prayer. Can I be upfront with you? That's one of my most specific prayers to God right now as I start 2017. Why? Because I know that's an absolute essential thing that I need in my life for me to run into 2017 without any hindrance. So, with that in mind... Let's now talk about the second thing I want to encourage us as a church family to commit to as we start this year. So everyone write this down if you've got pen and paper or if you've got your phones, whatever you're using to take notes with. Here we go. The second commitment. Commit yourself, commit yourself to give up your grudges. Absolutely commit yourself to give up your grudges. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, it expands on this. Bear with each other and forgive each other whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Did you catch the challenge? Did you catch it? Here we go. You ready? Let's accelerate a little bit here. So God, in those words, is challenging you and I to directly and personally to give up grudges. That is what he means when he says, forgive each other whatever grievances you may have against one another. What's a grudge, church? A grudge is a deep, ongoing resentment that we cultivate in our hearts against someone else. A grudge, another way of looking at it, Is A grudge is an unforgiving spirit that leads to unforgiving attitudes and unforgiving actions. Harbouring a grudge is about nursing a dislike for someone. Nursing a dislike for someone. Oh, hello, dislike. Hello. Oh, I really don't like that person. There, there, it's okay. No, what? No, get away. No, I don't want to let go of this light for the person. Shh. Go away. Oh, there, there. Hello. Hey. Holy Spirit, go away. Holy Spirit, no. You're not taking my grudge away. Holy Spirit, back off. Hey, darling. Aww. How are you? Holding on to it like a, just a precious little baby. It's a secret. Shh. Now, how do we actually nurture? How do we feed? How do we comfort the grudge? By justifying it in our mind. By justifying it in conversation. You know when you have a conversation with someone and you've got a grudge about someone but you're talking to someone else about it and you say, you know, well, you know what about blah, 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 blah? And the other person isn't really on your side and they're kind of like, well, you know what? I don't really see it that way. I think you should see it this way, blah, blah, blah. And then you get offended with that person. Why? Because you've got your little nursing grudge going, oh, look at my baby, isn't it beautiful? And they're going, no, that's a pretty ugly baby. <laughs> I think you need to abandon that child now. And then you you don't understand the love that I have for my child. Don't you call it ugly? Okay, maybe it's a little ugly, but I love it and I'm keeping it, right? Who knows? It's kind of like that sometimes, right? You look for justification in your mind. You look for it everywhere. You look for it even with the person you get the grudge with. It's like, <laughs> I thought that was the case. Look what I just did then. <laughs> right? You look for it in conversation with us. someone. Oh, and then if they don't agree with you, uh, you kind of don't like that person for a little while as well. And they go and find someone else. Everyone say ugly. See, the thing is, is the baby, the grudge, is ugly. It's ugly. And this is the thing. It's not really a baby. It's like a leech. It's actually sucking you dry of your own life and will block your ability to be renewed by the Spirit of God. So commit yourself. Commit yourself. Deliberately decide to give up. Your grudges. What you and I need to positively, absolutely know is that grudges are dangerous because they are destructive. Grudges destroy marriages, grudges break up families, grudges ruin friendships, grudges hurt churches, grudges can halt change. Grudges can reverse momentum. So today, if you know you are holding a grudge against someone, then God has something to say to you. He says, give it up. Give it up. You know, I want to remind you that grudges are not just destructive, but they're also, more importantly, self-destructive. See, when you hold a grudge against someone, you will hurt yourself as much and perhaps more than you will hurt the person you're holding it against. Last year, I don't know if you heard this story from the States, but last year there was a tragic example of how destructive grudges are. A man was killed by a parcel bomb, a bomb that was sent in a parcel format. And the couple who sent the parcel then actually committed suicide a week later. So it turned out that the couple who had committed suicide had sent the bomb the week before because of a grudge that they'd had against the victim that had stretched all the way back to school. And ultimately, the couple's grudge destroyed their own life because they were so bitter that even though... They ended up succeeding in what they ultimately planned to do, which was to kill this person through a bomb in parcel format. The grudge had such a stronghold over them that that wasn't enough. They still had to end their own life because they were so bitter. It's a sad story. Now, it's an extreme story, but for illustration purposes. And that is, whatever level a grudge is... God's saying, it doesn't matter where it's at, how long it's been, you've got to let it go. God's saying this morning, I love you too much, not to, in a fresh way, instruct you as you walk into this amazing, blessed 2017. You've got to let go of that grudge, because it will hinder you. The more you walk forward with that grudge, it will actually hurt you. Let it go. God's saying to us, let go of those grudges today. Make no mistake about it, if you keep harbouring a grudge then it will eventually destroy you, if not physically, certainly emotionally and spiritually. It will make you a bitter and twisted person. Everyone say, ouch. Everyone say, ooh. Everyone say, ah. Everyone say, thank you, God, for helping me today. (laughs) The book of Job in chapter 21 actually describes people who have no happiness at all, says this, they live and die with bitter hearts. Ah, yucky, ugly. We don't want to live like that. We're not destined to live like that. But the reality is, if we have a personal moment right now, the reality is, is, as much as coming to church is important, fellowshipping with believers, worshipping the Lord together, getting into the Word together, encouraging one another, praying for one another. We all have to take stock of our own personal private world between God and and us. We've all got things that we hide. That's just human nature. The most important thing this morning is let's take heart. Let's take encouragement that God is really saying, hey, you know what? You will be rewarded if you follow through this Word and seek out some one-on-one time with the Lord, so that not only can He pour new things in, but first He can clean stuff out, so that you can receive the new thing that He wants to pour in. Amen. You know, Sarah and I—I I love coffee. I drink too much coffee. We bought a coffee machine for our home. I think about a year ago, and uh, we love it. Um, and you know, every morning, you—you—you—you you, you, you know, the whole house just has the sound of the coffee machine, putting it in. And just the other day, it's like, um, was it you, Sarah, that was making the coffee? Or maybe it was... Turn it off. It's like, I, I know, I think I heard it. And I'm like running. So, <laughs> someone's hurting my coffee machine. I'm running into the kitchen. What What's going on with the coffee machine? And Sarah's couldn't figure it out. Anyway, eventually what we figured out, we pulled the, where you put the beans in and I won't say the name of the the coffee bean brand because I don't want to do that but there was a certain brand of coffee that we'd bought a new <laughs> yeah, a new fresh bag of coffee beans and we've, we've used them quite a lot we love we love their coffee so anyway we'd obviously put this bag in and there were three little rocks the size of a coffee bean that was in this bag that had gone into our coffee machine and so what happened was these rocks had literally got into the blades and the blade just you know couldn't move and it was stuck it was stuck and can I tell you my wife is incredible she is so persevering and in in a good way stubborn with certain things I said to her she's like you you know trying to you know oh it's not moving I said honey let's just get let's get an expert out you know she's like we don't need an expert. I'm gonna sort this out. I'm like, oh, okay, go for it. So she's like, trying to figure it out, and she's like, honey, I can't. I said, okay, all right, well, let me try. So, you know, husbands, you know, whenever you've been asked to do something that requires your strength, and you know, you're kind of realizing it ain't gonna happen, and you have this moment like, do I keep trying? Or do I kind of just walk away and, and give up in silence? Or do I actually make a confession that I can't open this thing? <laughs> and so, anyway, I get to this point where I can't open this, this, this coffee machine where the blades are. And I said, honey, we can't do this. It's, it's stuck. The, you, you can see the rocks. And <sighs> I said, let's just call an expert. So I was like, we don't need to call an expert. I'm going to fix this. Anyway. Can we just give Pastor her a round of applause? Because she fixed this machine. <laughs> Their perseverance. <laughs> she, yeah. She either really loves a coffee or knows how Brad can get when he doesn't get to have coffee sometimes. Maybe that's what the motivation was. So anyway, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, I needed the coffee. Uh, so, so eventually she pulls out these three stones. And, uh, and then obviously these three stones come out. And uh, I'm thinking, I hope the machine still works so we, you know, got to put more beans in and, and work perfectly. But can I tell you this? A couple of things. The sound that it made. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Right? What's interesting is everyone could hear it, but sometimes, if we relate this spiritually, sometimes when there are things that we're holding on to. I mean, those rocks, they got so fixed in there and the the, the engine of the blades could not move. When you hold on to a grudge, right, not only does it lock itself in, but the whole sound of your inner life gets really yucky. problem is no one else can hear it except for you and God. That's why we have to be true to ourselves. See, publicly we can preach the word, we can worship the Lord. But unless you and I humble ourselves before the Lord in all honesty and have one on time with the author of our life, where he's saying, let go of the God, just, we're just honest with him, then we're all just going to play this silly thing called a game. There's an opportunity here, whenever you get into the word, whenever you meet with your creator, for real change. And if you've been wondering lately, just just maybe lately, you've been wondering, you know, I haven't really been experiencing real change in my world. Then my question would be that you can answer privately before you and God is what level of commitment have you given to actually spending true quality time with the author of your life? True commitment to spending time with him. Because when you do, things change. Like the stones in that coffee machine, right? Right? Sarah was deliberately committed to seeing those things go. She persevered, and once those things came out, it just operated exactly how it was designed to operate and created exactly what it was supposed to create. And it tasted beautiful. (laughs) And the aroma of the coffee smelled beautiful. The taste of your life and the smell of your life in your private world will always be renewed and refreshed when you first allow the Lord to clean out any of the grudges or the rocks that are locked into your heart. So, that second commitment is to commit yourself to give up your grudges. I'm just going to ask Pastor Jason to come as we come to a close on this message. Do you remember that parable that Jesus told about the servant who was forgiven a huge debt by the king? And then, immediately they refused to forgive someone else of a tiny amount. Jesus said that the unforgiving spirit of that person has now landed them in prison, not in a physical prison, but in a spiritual prison. Max Lucado, a Christian writer, author, speaker, makes this interesting comment in one of his books. He says, Unforgiving servants always end up in prison prisons of anger, prisons of guilt, prisons of depression. God says to you and I in his word, don't sentence yourself to prison. Set yourself free. Give up your grudges. Forgive each other whatever grievances you may have against one another. According to God's word, the way to give up a grudge is to forgive a grievance. Notice what God is saying here. He isn't asking you to ignore whatever the person has done to you. He isn't asking you to pretend it didn't happen. You know, I'm pretty certain there are people here Whereas you're sitting under this teaching this morning, the Holy Spirit is just nudging you gently on the side of your heart. Say, hey, this message is for you. God says that deep-seated resentment you have against that person has got to go. And so what better time to make that difficult decision to forgive, what better time than the very start of a brand new year. Next Sunday, I'm going to bring a message called Unlocking New Doors. I'm going to be upfront and tell you that the whole kickstart message originally was going to be more around unlocking new doors. <laughs> it's a new year. Goals. God. Spirit. Let's run forward. And then God said, hey, before you do that, first of all, Pastor Brad. There's a little bit of a grudge there, mate. You didn't that. You deal with that. And then he said, congregation, you can't bring that message on the third Sunday. You've got to bring this message first. He said, not because it's just specific to this congregation, but it's specific to us as men and women of God. That before we can really run forward with something new, we're to first hit the refresh button of the condition of our heart. What better way and what better time than right at the beginning of this year? My last point is this, and we're going to stand and then I'm going to pray. And then the awesome thing about this kind of message is we don't need to necessarily have a ministry team or do an altar call or have a prophetic team. And we we do all those things at different times, which is wonderful. I love that we do things Differently at different times here. It's not kind of the same old, same old way that we do things here at Forever House. But this morning when I stand, I'm gonna pray. And all you're gonna need to do is to take this word and just hang out with your God one-on-one. That's all you need to do. And allow him to process. But before I release him, we pray over you this morning and then we'll enjoy some. I think we've got some Subway sandwiches for lunch in the cafe everyone to enjoy. I want to share this last point. I'm just going to ask everyone to stand. This is my last point. Don't tell God that you can't forgive. Don't do that. Because what you really mean when you say that is that you won't forgive if christ can forgive you your sin despite it involving the pain of the cross then surely you and i can give up our grievances whatever the cost who believes that awesome just put just put your hand on your heart close your eyes lord jesus We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence in your house this morning. And we thank you for your people. We thank you, God, that you love us unconditionally. That you pour out your love toward us every day. Lord, you pursue after us every day. Lord, this morning, through your word and through your presence, Lord, as your people, we stand and we say God we're going to commit we're going to commit to letting go of the past failures we're going to allow you to pour into our life and to not only help us to drop those things off but Lord you're going to help us as we spend more and more time with you deliberately you're going to help us to distance ourselves away from those things as far as as the east is from the west. Lord, we decree that word, let it manifest in our life more and more as we pursue this year. Father, we also pray and we declare before you that we commit to letting go of those grudges that we need to let go of. And Father, as we spend time with you, and we spend time in your word, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to pour in and to help us to let go And, Lord, from those decisions over the next couple of weeks, to let go of past failures, Lord, and to let go of grudges, we thank you, Lord, that we're going to be rewarded because then you're going to pour in a renewing, a refreshing wind, and you're going to help us to be filled up with a whole new lease of fresh fuel to run and to kickstart into this amazing and exciting 2017. So God, we declare before you as we end this service that you are amazing, God, that you love us and we come and we praise you, we glorify you, we magnify you, we lift you up and we honor you today, Jesus, because you are the author and the finisher of our life. And so we give you all the praise, we give you all the recognition and the glory this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Let's just give God a clap offering here. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, what you're gonna do in our life next couple of weeks. Amen. Awesome. Who got something from that this morning? Good on you. Alright. You know what? It's always good to have fresh coffee in your house. Amen. (laughs) Alright, we're going to open up the cafe now. We've got a complimentary month.